1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. It is a Friday, my dude. We're rapidly running it's out of recording. of runway, yeah, leading up
2: to the release of the podcast. Pull up,
0: pull up, goddammit, pull! Uh, uh, oh.
2: And then they just like the tail scrapes on the edge of the cliff, and then they just manage to take off. Yeah, they do. Who? That's just not. That's a non-specific. It's just the, the scene. That oh, we're all that was just that a at. scene that was. P- just oh, from generic action movie. You know,
1: as soon as you did it, I thought,
2: "This is a Star this Wars." This is something isn't it? that I want oh, to. This, this is a Star, Star Wars, Wars, isn't it?
1: I'm gonna crash. That's a line from Star Wars as well. I'm gonna crash. I'm going to crash. And I'm then in they, in hot. they made six action figures of going to Crash Man. Yeah. And then he had this whole backstory, oh. a series of comics and seven novels. And yeah. then they wiped, Disney wiped it all away. And it turns out
2: he survived the crash. Hashtag justice it was, for Crash Man. He was in space. Yes. He somehow lived.
1: And he landed in the giant spaceworm pit with yeah, the, uh, the vicious suck pit. With Boba Fett. Yeah. Uh, with, with Robert Fett. With Robert Fett. Robert Fettuccini. Yeah. Anyway, this is a video game podcast where we talk about video game things. Peter, we're on the road to E3. Yeah, we are. We're so close. Uh, we've got uh, we've got some plans for E3 that yeah, we're we hopefully have. going to be expanding upon in the next couple of weeks or so. So keep an eye on the channel for that. Yep. It involves predictions and a punishment. So that should be fun. Uh, let's kick things off, Peter, with a question. let All these questions come from our kind, kind and generous patrons over mm. at patreon.com forward slash...
2: Idiots. No. Team oh! Jump. I did a stream the other day, and I'm now really confused about who I work for. Okay, let's hope Adam doesn't listen to this podcast. I'm
1: sure it'll be fine. He's gonna sh- he's gonna put a bullet in your head. Team Triple Jump. Team Triple Jump is the <laughs> Patreon. We haven't had another Patreon for a- for at least nearly six months now.
2: Yeah, it's been a while. Anyway. First question, Peter. Redeem yourself. Who is it from? It's from Jack Jenkins, who sort of has two first names. But there aren't many people called Jenkins in the no,
1: world. No, I think people are referred to as
2: Jenkins if it's their last name. It can. They? I think it can be a first. Somebody calling no. you Austin? Really? I've yeah. never. I've never met a Jenkins. No, me neither. But uh, as a big old Xbox boy who is considering going over to PlayStation Next Gen rather than stay on this sea of thieves-laden island, what would it take? What would it take? To make well that uh, okay. What would it take to make either of you <laughs> PlayStation boys considering uh, switching over to Xbox? Are you okay? Yeah.
1: Have you been a bit thrown by
2: Well, it's just as a big old Xbox boy he's talking about himself, and he's saying yeah. what would it take to make you switch over to PlayStation? No, it's either of you PlayStation boys switch over to Xbox. Sentence construct- construction construction uh yeah no to xbox okay he's all right he's just adjusting his papers now it's Uh, about subject and object of sentences is all i'm that's all i'm
1: no it's fine professor austin in the house get out make way make way for noddy
2: sorry jack thanks for the question
1: uh jenkins thank you jen jennifer kins thank you very much uh so yeah i have never apart from a very brief period where i think my ps3 was broken Mm. i've never really i've never had an xbox i've you know played on plenty of Xboxes over the years so but you, I've never had one. You briefly had an Xbox? Yes, my cousin's old Xbox 360. Okay. Um my PS3 was broken for a while and he gave that to me. Oh, and I, nice. I used it for like a month and I bought a canadian version of the game of the year edition of the elder scrolls 4 oblivion would it play yeah it would oh. will it blend yeah it, it did it did i think it was sort of same region or something but anyway it had uh, it had french on the back and and the cover and i was really concerned i was like is this going to be in oh, french because ebay didn't tell me that when i bought it and then it played fine um, so that that was just my coping mechanism for having no console.
2: So that's what would it would take for you to switch to the Xbox 720 is if Oblivion came out If ob- in yeah, French.
1: Oblivion 5, yeah. The Elder Scrolls 6, Oblivion harder,
2: something yeah. like that. Uh what do you you have more experience though
1: with Xbox though. I right? do,
2: but like there's a reason I switched back to to PlayStation. The re- basically, the reason I switched to Xbox in the first place was because the PS3 was so expensive. Yeah. And although the Xbox was cheaper, actually, like when you consider the Red Ring of Death, I think I did end up getting two Xboxes in my time with 360s. You know, I had the Yellow Light of Death on PS3. Oh as well. well, yeah, yeah okay, yeah, but you know, other than that, like, I think the main the the main pull for me was I'm I'm a fan of the original Halo trilogy, and um, I was. I've I've long thought about getting either a 360 um, and just so I can play the Halo games again or mm-hmm. possibly um, a uh, an Xbox One so I could play the Master Chief collection. Yeah. Um, however, that's not coming out on PC. So uh, I don't really have any reason really to ever switch over to Xbox. I think mm. the reason that I wouldn't, you know, you ask what would it take, is because of the exclusives that are available on, on PlayStation. On right sony's consoles and you know thus far basically if if the ps5 goes the same way that the ps4 did in terms of the exclusive battle Mm -hmm. uh, in the marketplace then i i don't think xbox are going to win that and that's the main reason i think that you might choose either xbox or playstation you know depending on which exclusives you want to play yeah so uh yeah other than like the rare games um, which they're not really using at the moment. No. Um, I don't think Microsoft have a great deal uh, that really pulls me in. Mm.
1: It's a similar similar deal for me in mm. that I, I do. I think it's fairly obvious that at least currently the exclusive lineup on PlayStation is head and shoulders above yeah. pretty much all their competition. Nintendo continues to release very very strong first party IPs, but I'm not a huge Mario guy, no, and i mean, you know so that's not really for me. Um, but you know, if Xbox suddenly said, "Okay, here's ten games that are Game of the Year, genre-defining narrative experiences," which mm. is what PlayStation has become known for yeah. in recent years, uh, in the sort of past decade or so, um, even then, I probably wouldn't be too likely to switch over because I, I mean it's fairly obvious. But I, I'm I'm a big old PlayStation fanboy, and I'm not I'm not ashamed to admit that. But it, there's a big difference between being Sort of a venomous, spiteful little mm. child man who's like, "I want to see Xbox lose," and then someone who just prefers a console because they they feel some sort of brand loyalty towards that that company. Yeah. I've always had a PlayStation. I've uh, you know, all my friends are on PlayStation. All my all my trophies and my save data and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Increasingly, as you see, cross. Uh, cross save and like playing your old games, you know backwards compatibility, all that yeah. kind of stuff. There's definitely stuff Xbox has that PlayStation doesn't. Games with gold is arguably better value currently mm-hmm. than PlayStation Plus. Yeah, I would say so. Um, their their Xbox Game Pass is a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got loads going for it, and honestly, the stronger the Xbox is, the the better that is for PlayStation because you have to keep up, you have to compete, yeah. and it's it's good to have two strong ecosystems. So it's not about hating one and loving the other mm. it's just i i don't think there would be much that would make that, that would make me want to switch to xbox just because i've always preferred playstation yeah no
2: i think i largely feel the same like i say the price tag at the time i, I just couldn't afford a ps3 no, of but, it was um, sort of obscene. yeah i think um when i say oh yeah this is what you know it would take some really good exclusives for me to switch that's not exactly what i mean what i mean is the reason i I'm on PlayStation the first you know what the thing that I enjoy most about PS4 mm. is the exclusives and when people ask me which should should I get an Xbox or a PlayStation I say which exclusives do you want to play that's mm. what you should do but yeah like if Xbox brought out a whole load of interesting new exclusives I'm not saying I would then go okay right well there you go see you later PlayStation Cause yeah. especially cuz PS5 allegedly is going to have quite a strong uh, backwards compatibility game as well so yeah. You know that's all very exciting and intriguing. So yeah, I think that's where we both are really. Mm.
1: Um, open, open to the possibility, but not, not endorsing it. And, no. and Jennifer Kins, Jack, Jack Jenny Kins, Jack Jen's. Um, you'd, you'd be very welcome on the, on the PlayStation. On the PlayStation uh, community. Oh, yeah, welcome, yeah. One, one of one us. One, one of us. It's not even that. Like it's just, no, I it's know not, so many exactly. people that <laughs> jumped to PlayStation after Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty just because the Xbox One was such a disaster of a launch. Yeah, uh, you know, all of the all of the press conferences leading up to it and all the memes and all the negative press mm-hmm. and then the price as well and the games too. Like, I'm not a Halo fan. Yeah. I'll happily play it, but I'm not a Halo fan and there's not really much else on that console. I don't
2: like the post-360 Halo games, so, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, that's, is that f- 343 in 343? In 343, yeah, like they?
2: basically Halo 4 onwards, I think, kind of went downhill. Right. Um, the one thing that would make me Get an Xbox, not Switch. I would still keep my PlayStation. Mm-hmm. Is uh, if Beyond Good and Evil came out exclusively on Microsoft, right, well, of course. which is unlikely to happen. But before it was announced, there was this weird rumor that had come out saying it's going to be a Switch exclusive. It's like what? What are yeah. you talking about? That's uh, bizarre. But that's, I don't think that's going to happen.
1: Well, we'll see E3 soon.
2: Yeah, could happen. Yeah, maybe. Well, if it comes out
1: exclusively on Switch, then you know you can borrow the. I guess. The one that we've got. Fine. Fine if
2: I have to. <laughs> that free Switch that we got. You can borrow it. You can borrow was it. was given to the company. No,
1: yeah. I set. look. Okay, let's, let's set this, this clear right now, yeah. okay? This Nintendo Switch, we were very kindly given it at our last place of work. Um, uh, no, I'm, I'm joking. I know you are. But I, I feel like I've now been called out. Okay. Because Michael has one. And neither you or I had one, and I really wanted to play I didn't want and try it. Super Mario. Peter wasn't interested. I moved with it just because it was already in my house, and yeah. I've said I just want to make it clear. I've said so many times, if you want to borrow it yeah, and just take it, you can have it. Um, anyway, that's me just uh, having to defend my honor there uh, because I, I feel like I've, I'm worried that um, I might be keeping
2: it's this. like a guilty conscience. You've
1: kind of yeah, because it sits there and I don't play it, and I'm thinking, I wonder, I wonder when Peter's going to ask for it. You don't play it when the the exclusive version of <laughs> Michelle yeah. sell's Cry Game.
2: Yeah, uh, you say you say you don't play that Switch, Ben. Well, I, I've got a, a a sort of contrasting question. Okay, what is it that you do play? What what have you been playing? What's that? What you play in? Is this some
1: kind of seg- segregated way?
2: What? Yes, it is a segregated <laughs> way.
1: Whoa, and we're here. Whoa, what a we... smooth. Operating, we weighed that seg, didn't we? we? D- Whoa, look, get out of the way of that seg- Good old segregation, my took dude. The seggy way. <laughs> what are you playing, Ben? Uh, what I'm playing, Peter, is uh, not a lot because I've been on holiday. You but, have been on holiday. Um, I did take my Game Boy Advance with me. I saw, and I play that so infrequently, but it's always got a copy of Pokemon Fire Red in it and a couple of double-A batteries, cool. so it's ready to go. And I posted a photo of it on Instagram, and people were saying, how on earth are you playing that in, like with all, the, with all the sunshine and stuff? It's like, do you not remember when, when screens weren't backlit? Like, it's kind of the only way to play it yeah. is to have some sort of bright light in the same vicinity as you, otherwise you can't see what's going on, so True. it was actually perfect. Um, I keep forgetting where I am in that game. And because I play it so infrequently, I've decided to do the the classic approach to playing Pokemon games, which is literally just use your starter Pokemon for everything. And everybody else is just sort of there to learn uh, the moves you need to to sort of proceed through right. the world, yeah. the, the HM moves and so on. Uh, so I've got like a level 70 Charizard and everyone else is level 15. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just Charizard doing all the heavy lifting. Uh, so that was fun. Played that for a few hours on the beach and that was cool. I'm a cool guy and I do cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, um, more Borderlands the pre-sequel Con- continuing to be... I'm really taking the time to smell the roses this time mm-hmm. with this game. Both, both my friend and I agreed that like when you hand in quests it's very tempting to hand in all of them at the same time yeah and just get all that xp rush but every time you hand in a quest there's a it triggers some voiceover to say thank you or whatever right and also whenever you take a quest so if there's a bounty board with a load of quests on it and you take them all at the same time you only hear the voiceover for the last one you took mm-hmm. and so we're, we're doing it systematically taking one listening to it and then taking the other or handing them in and so on and the the writing in that game is so good but it's it's also, and I think I talked about it last time, mm. it's also quite subtle. You know, Borderlands 2 is really funny and really good. But Borderlands, the pre-sequel, I'm not sure who wrote it. I'm not sure if it was written by um, the same Australian team that worked on it. Right. But certainly the humour is very Australian and there's, there's some great sort of Crossover Commonwealth humour in there. Okay. Uh, not to say that, not to say for a second that Americans and people from other places can't appreciate it, but I'm just saying it's 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 different from the humour that was in Borderlands too. Right. And it's much appreciated, and
2: I'm really enjoying it's it. It's not just all jokes about driving on the left. And no, uh, it's not. I mean, Australians don't do that anyway. Do yeah, they, they do. I think. Do they? I no, think they w- they're one of the only like non-British countries that drive on the left.
1: I thought it was like Britain,
2: Japan, and that was about it. Let us know in the comments. I, for some reason, have that in my head, but it might not... Maybe it's New Zealand. I think it's somewhere in Oceania. There's another country that drives on the left. I have no idea. Yeah,
1: I no. didn't think it was Australia, but Maybe either not. way, there's no roads in Borderlands. No. It's all just flying, zip-zop, z- zooping, Zip- zooping all over the zipping place.
2: Zipping and zopping. The world is your road. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's not a world. It's a moon, technically. Well, it, yeah. Moon okay. zoomy.
1: And if you want a taste of the silly humor in that game, because there are there are a lot of side quests that are literally just jokes yeah basically punchlines. Uh, whereas coming from borderlands one which was literally i need you to shoot 25 of these thanks and then in this one there's steve mcdunkerson or whatever his name is yeah and he's he's lining up for the world's biggest dunk basketball dunk right and there are these boost pads in in the pre-sequel because there's far less gravity so you can sort of zoom about in the sky a bit mm-hmm. um and you get him his ball back. And once you get him his ball, he runs up, hits the boost pad, and just goes, Basketball! And just fades up into space, just disappears off into the sky and oh never gosh. comes back. It's amazing. And uh, the commentator's like, Wow, he's he, that was the biggest dunk I've ever seen. A huge day for basketball. And it's ridiculous. Uh, the clip, I've posted it on Twitter if you want to see it. But uh, yeah, I, the pre sequel, I'm, I'm like, gameplay wise, it's a bit grindy and. Not quite as diverse as, as Borderlands two, but certainly that I think the writing really carries it and I'm I'm enjoying it a lot more by paying attention to it this time around. Okay. Uh, something that there's a real issue with Borderlands because there's often four of you running around shooting stuff and picking stuff up. Yeah. You don't or you're talking to each other, you know, you're not really taking the time to, to listen to this stuff and read this stuff. But fantastic. I'm 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 really enjoying
2: playing it through again. Mm-hmm. What are you playing, Peeps? Uh, well, as as well as uh, more Spider Man, which I'm really, really enjoying uh this week we finished uh the star wars battlefront campaign Ooh. on stream yes and we begun uh a little old game from the playstation one that ah, i enjoyed very much playstation one it's one that i talk about fairly frequently it's uh it's called the unholy war oh no which is a weird name really yeah and i'm not really surprised it faded in non-holy yeah ex-holy really strange but it's a sort of a sci-fi brawler game it's a bit like smash bros except the (laughs) roster is smaller and it's no one you recognize and they only have three (laughs) attacks each is
1: Um, this this is an is this an uncle austin game
2: it is actually yeah it is it's a game that i first played uh around my uncle's house when i was very young probably six maybe the unholy austin yeah absolutely uncle holy war <laughs> but uh i'm really enjoying it uh it's got this um uh sort of chess sort of mode where you move pieces around a board but when they meet each other it's not like in chess where you just take the piece off the board that you want to take they then have to have a fight in the brawl mode so you then like go down into the world and those two have an actual like, third-person 3D fight in, a, in an arena. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's quite interesting. Mm. So uh, there is some actual strategy involved. And, uh, yeah, just just really enjoying that. Oh. So, and it's emulating perfectly as well. Is it? Which is, yeah, it's really Not like good. time splitters. No. Which we also finished off last week. Oh,
1: we week. did. Yeah, last we week. did. Yeah, technically last week at the time of recording, Yeah, before I went away. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of Twitch, Peter, Mm. uh, we should also say we've got a couple of new uh, emotes now on Twitch. For some reason, I think we must have fulfilled some sort of criteria, because we're not partnered, we're affiliated. As we've explained before... We have the option to become partners on Twitch, but we've chosen not to because contractually that stops us from streaming on YouTube. And of course, we stream on YouTube on Thursdays and Mm. we don't want that. So they limit the amount of emotes you're allowed to use if you're an affiliate. And we used all of ours, but for some reason, some more opened up. So there's a couple of more emotes now there. If you want to go, look at those. So if you're a, a... a subscriber on twitch at any tier you get access to two new emotes now that you can use and we should also say a big welcome and thank you and hello and and good night and goodbye and welcome to our two twitch Moderators, oh, of course, who have now joined us to sort of keep an eye yes. on chat and make sure people aren't being naughty, which they never are because you guys are amazing mm. and and so lovely, surprisingly nice community. Uh, Cecil Prumps and Lord Bro- Bro- Brotovich. Brotovich. Brotovic. Brotovic. Brott Victoria, and uh, so you you'll see those guys. Bobbing in and out of the chat, yeah. making sure you're up to no good, making sure you're up <laughs> to no sure good, you're making up sure to no there's bad. there's actual silly business happening. And equally, while we just keep this train running, we've got James in the office now. Oh, we do have James in the office we've now. Been joined, we've been joined full time by a video editor and scriptwriter. A lot of the voiceovers uh, and the lists that you've seen recently will have been written by James.
2: So I'll credit in and, the description uh, now. You can see if he's written is.
1: it. It is. And we've also been joined by Molly as well, who's yeah. gonna be writing for us. So there's there's there are things happening. Mm. And the E3 coverage, especially we're gonna be live streaming along. Again, more news on that soon. Yeah. We're gonna be live streaming reactions to the uh, to the conferences. So if you want to watch those live you can you can watch us provide idiot commentary along. Mm. Um, but also the the reactions to them and our predictions and punishments Uh, sort of hopefully they're they're the kind of things that we want to start doing a bit more of now that we've had some
2: stuff taken off our plate. Yeah, we've got a team now of loads of writers and loads of editors and the editors have... They're starting to real, really nail down the, the format as well. You know, that's always a bit of a slow process at first when you, you have some new editors to the channel, but they all, they all know what they're doing. They're doing good stuff. So uh, it's becoming a bit more of a, a well-oiled production line. Yes. And it means we'll be able to start doing some more interesting things. Which Silly things. we've hinted at. We for, did, for a little while. We did say a little uh, hello uh, uh, last oh. Thursday, I think, oh. <laughs> on, uh, on a stream. People keep asking me about that now. And I'm like, I'm revealing no more. There's but, uh, literally
1: nothing planned currently. No, like we say that, like there's we're ready to go with like a million things, but the, it's it is it, it is happening. We it just will, have ideas, but, yes, uh, yeah. but we'll be able to do them soon, which is the exciting thing. Peter, question two. Yes, this is from Parrotmancer, Michael Johnson, Parrotmancer, Parrotmancer, Parrotman, sir, sir. Says thoughts on the rumored collaboration between George R. R. Martin and R. R. George, George R. 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 Martin, and Hidetaka Miyazaki.
2: I heard about this. Uh, it's, I mean, we don't know what it's what it is. We don't know when to expect it. No, nope. but uh, apparently, George, apparently, a, apparently, Mansali, we uh, uh, there's there's a game yeah. coming out yeah. at some point. Yeah which has George R R Martin of Game of Thrones attached to it. Yeah. Um it also has Mr Miyazaki but or maybe it's Mr Hidetaka because they sometimes put the names the other way around, don't they? I I think
1: it's Miyazaki San would
2: be I think written in English, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, I understand. I don't know how it works. It's okay. Um uh but what we don't know and this mm. is the thing that kind of intrigues me the most: is whether it's going to be Soulsborne style difficulty. What mm-hmm. we do know, in theory, is that it's open world and involves horse riding. Oh! Uh, but whether it's an open world with horse riding Soulsborne kind of game, or whether yeah. it's something a bit of a you know a kind of deviation from that, I I don't know what to expect.
1: Well, we've got a little we've got a little excerpt here. Yeah. Miyazaki, of course, is Dark Souls, Mister Dark Souls. Mm. Uh, that's his. That's his. Given name, by right? The way. Hidetaka Miyazaki, Mister Dark, Souls. or Solson. yeah, Souls- Susan, 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 Hidetaka Susan Miyazaki, Dark. aka Susan Dark. Yeah. Um, very quickly, Peter, hmm. yay or nay? Uh, the Game of Thrones finale. Uh, I'm fine with it. I was, I was, I, I was a staunch defender me. of that entire last season. Yeah, me too. Until the last episode, and then I was like, okay.
2: All right, all right. I would have put someone else in the throne, personally.
1: In the throne? Well, not in. Well, the... I thought we were already talking about Tiny Peter being in the throne because he fell through the fell through the gas
2: on the throne. I was what I right. Know. Okay. In in the position of power. Right. Um. Yeah. No, no spoilers, but that character I've never really liked. Doesn't make doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me.
1: No. Anyway, Polygon says a new blog post by George R- 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 Martin, following the series finale of Game of Thrones, teases that the author has been helping making helping make a video game. The blog post says that he's been very busy lately and even consulted on a video game out of Japan. Mm. While well, those details aren't too specific, a source told Gamatsu that From Software is working on an unannounced title with Martin, known internally as GR. Or the Gamatsu report also notes that the title will be officially announced at Microsoft's E3 pes- pre- press conference this year, mm. and it's a collaboration between Martin and Susan, known for his Soul series. The source explains that the game has been in development for 3 years already and is an open world game with horse riding. It will be published by Bandai Namco. Martin 3 and Susan years
2: sound like neighbors who have a caravan. I don't
1: thought they? I thought George R R Martin is just married to Susan. Yeah,
2: right. Okay. He's he's uh, Susan Martin. Susan George and Susan Martin.
1: George and Susan R R, R. Martin. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean, three years, that's the only thing that, that sort of takes me by surprise here. I'm not entirely sure how big From Software is. I'm assuming they've expanded a lot mm. in the last few years, bearing in mind they were, they were working on Bloodborne. At least the A team was working on Bloodborne, yeah. while a good portion of the studio was working on Dark Souls 2. Yeah. And by all accounts, Sekiro is something they've been working on for quite a while as well. Uh, while you know they were working on Dark Souls 3. So they've clearly got enough teams to be doing stuff, but it says it's been in development for three years.
2: Maybe Bloodborne 2 is an open-world horse riding game.
1: Oh, my goodness. The only horses you see in Bloodborne are dead on the floor. Well... Well, Not apart anymore. from a couple of frosty horses, but then when you get to the destination, surprise, cosmic horror alert! You turn around, the carriage you arrived in is destroyed, and there are broken, dead horses on the floor—the same one that you just got there
2: with. What? what? How did that happen? Oh, it's
1: crazy. Anyway, yeah. um, I don't think it's Bloodborne too. No, I don't think it's. Bloodborne 2. I, d- I d- too, also don't think George R. R. Martin, R. 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 Martin would have anything, any guidance to offer Susan Dark Souls. No, um, on. on on Bloodborne and where that Bloodborne 2 and where that should go narratively
2: no um, it's interesting that like he has just sort of said on on his blog oh I was even consulted on a video game out of Japan which kind of sounds like it was a one phone call or one, you know, you know, yeah. one meeting. From
1: executive
2: producer Steven Spielberg. Yeah. He like was there for one meeting. Executive producer Stephen George Martin Spielberg <laughs> is, is saying, you know, I was just consulted on it. Whereas the source that told Gamatsu uh about this kind of implies that it's a it's an actual RR game, you oh know? Oh my goodness. It's like you know it's <gasps>
1: survival RR it could be a survival horror game. <laughs> yeah, one.
2: no, it's an obscure one. Um, so I don't know what to expect, even in terms of like the level at which he is involved. Yes, um, but I guess if the entire uh, source is to be believed, um, we'll find out soon at Microsoft's E3 conference.
1: Unless we not forget as well that the the, the sort of oft. Pooped upon mm. uh final third of the Game of Thrones series probably didn't have a huge amount of uh, involvement of him. Of horror, yeah. Of horror, because mm. it wasn't yet written. So they were sort of having to get a vague idea from him and then take it from there. You gave him the pile
2: of notes, and that was pretty much it, I think.
1: Right. So, I mean, I don't want to give him too much benefit of the doubt here, but if people are seeing his name and going, Oh, God, the Game of Thrones guy, really? I think people, thankfully, are able to distinguish between the showrunners and the writers Mm. of Game of Thrones and George Aurora Martin. Uh, So hopefully, you know, this is a good thing. Because he clearly can create really interesting and fascinating worlds and just how much incest is going to be in this game. That remains to be seen.
2: Anyone want to have sex with your sister over your incest child's dead body? While riding a horse. While riding a horse um i mean but even even within that you know like you say me and you are both kind of fine with the final season and the seasons before that of game of thrones so Mm. i wouldn't even mind if the showrunners were ended up getting involved in a game at some point now they're going uh, to
1: ruin star wars for you yeah yeah that's
2: the next (laughs) thing that they're doing um we'll see how that goes yeah um yeah, I mean, some people say that they actually they rushed out the final season so that they could go and just do Star Wars. Well, that's, Wars.
1: yeah, apparently, not to get too far into it, no, but apparently yeah. they were offered all the money in the world to stay there and do another couple of seasons, which would, would have made sense. Yeah,
2: they um, needed more time is all. They did, very they definitely rushed. did. So um, they won't necessarily ruin Star Wars because they hopefully won't be under time the same time constraints to go off and do Star Wars because yeah. they'll be doing Star Wars already. But anyway.
1: Well, th- I think that's an exciting prospect. Mm. Anything involved, anything mid-a- m- mid-attacky. glory anything midi- Susan midichlorian god's sake if Miyazaki is involved it's it's gonna be good yeah um, whatever it is if it because presumably that's just a From Software game and, and From Software on the whole don't make bad
2: games they've not really done a, a poop for a while not done They're a awful, they've got constipation they've got
1: they've got constant patience <laughs> yeah uh, so we will we'll, we'll see it's exciting that that could be announced to D 3 maybe that'll be one of my predictions we'll just have to sort of wait and see won't we but uh, yeah interesting and intriguing and I am looking forward to that mm-hmm. yeah me too
2: um of course e3 yeah sometimes uh, the purveyor of, of some rather uh, strange events what which might make the news weird weird news, weird news. <laughs> hey it's danny pellegrino from everything
1: iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods Uh, It's weird news
2: time It is, I am ready What have you got for me? You know how you said That in Bloodborne I've yeah, gone back yeah. Yes, Uh There are uh, like dead horses and stuff. Yeah, they're super dead, aren't they? Uh, ben, yeah. Red Dead Online is filled with massive piles of dead and burned <laughs> horses. <laughs> did, you, uh, no. did you know that? I didn't know that. This is uh This has been reported by various places. I found that the write-up just coincidentally the best write-up was Kotaku. Oh, our favorite. Yeah, I kind of didn't want to choose them, but like, I guess. You get what you pay for when we you're should, a big company we should just get...
1: give it a, a pet name now shouldn't we as we do with everything else yeah. we, should, we still Itty. we should, uh, ethically journalist journalistically but and because i didn't say that right mm. we now don't have to do what i'm about to say right. because i haven't promised anything because yeah. i've misspoke <laughs> um but journalistically ethically we always have to give credit to kotaku but i feel like
2: we should also give it a name like
1: maybe kevin At- uh, taku or something
2: kevin taku
1: kevin taku
2: yeah uh, maybe so Um, Yeah, I I was trying to just mix it up and choose a different source, but they they just wrote it the best. Okay. uh, It's from Kotaku again. Yeah. Kotaku reports, Red Dead Online players jumping into the game yesterday and today have discovered something terrible and strange. This Mm. was written on the 19th of May. Okay. Piles of burned horse carcasses outside towns, like Valentine or Valentine. I've not played the game. Many are surprised to find these piles... That Many are surprised to find these piles, and it seems to be the result of a newly discovered duplication bug. Wow. First reports of this disturbing bug popped up Saturday night, and since then, across Reddit and Twitter, players shared images and stories of the dead horse piles. Some players reported the glitch to Rockstar uh, on their Twitter support account. So you're telling me Red Dead Redemption 2 has piles. Uh, it does. Would you like to see one of the piles? I'd love to see oh, one of the it's piles. in the Twitter app. That's I okay. Touch the photo. I'm looking forward to seeing it. It's loading. Oh, here it comes. Uh, we'll put it in the link dump. A link to the article. There they are.
1: Oh, that is horrifying. That's just
2: appearing. Like the game is doing it. That's 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 the game rebelling. Yeah. That, is this some actual Westworld stuff going on right now? Well, one interesting thing I did see in a different article was that um, someone on I think Reddit said. Uh, actually, I think what you'll find is um, um, yeah. that once upon a time in the 1800s in the Old West, uh, there was this man who, I think his wife, like, stole a horse or something? Yeah. And he went round killing all horses that looked the same as that horse and no. leaving them outside a town in a pile. So it could be a reference to that. It's not a reference no, to that. No, that, that is far, that is that is reaching, as not yeah. it? It really is. Um, one player was creeped out by how strange the pile behaved. You can't shoot the piles of burned, rotten, dead horses, but if you shoot near them, they make loud noises. What the hell? one Reddit user on PS4 in a post (laughs) titled What is this Lovecraftian uh, S-word?
1: What is this Lovecraftian (gasps) S-word? Stuff. Stuff, yeah.
2: Players seem to believe the strange corpse pile was created by a newly discovered duplication bug, which allowed players to catch one large fish and then, using a method involving their horse, clone that fish into their inventory. Mm. Some are reporting this bug might have been partially fixed via a hotfix or server-side update from Rockstar. Um, Since this article was written, Rockstar have said that they fixed this. Right. They didn't say, we fixed the bug that makes loads of dead, burned horses appear outside of town. Patch
1: 3.4. Dead horse apocalypse. Remove fixed. the
2: horse apocalypse bug. <laughs> uh, what they actually said was, "We have fixed a duplication um, glitch that is taking place and some of the side effects thereof." Also. Right. That's <laughs> the very, dead horses. Very political. Yeah. Um, A few players are pointing towards empty towns and a lack of NPCs spawning as a sign of a temporary fix by Rockstar. Mm -hmm. So yeah, loads of people were saying that their world had become a ghost town. So all they had were giant piles of dead horses making noises and no one in the towns, no wildlife in the world. And people are saying, like, occasionally, like, a stagecoach will turn up, rolling along, but with no driver on it. Oh, (laughs) my
1: God. Because all the horses are dead. Yeah. This really does sound like something out of Westworld, where where the hosts are starting to gain sentience and realise what's going on. They're on these sort of pre-programmed tracks that they've got to stick to and then they're starting to realize what's going on and then it's causing all sorts of bugs in their software and they're just burning and murdering the horses and putting
2: them in piles and then just continuing with their day as if nothing else matters yes definitely um i mean it's more it's worse on playstation 4 but some people are reporting it on xbox but as as if you need any more proof that it's not a reference to a historical event in which a man killed loads of horses and all the towns emptied of their people and wildlife yeah um uh Apparently, it's causing actual performance issues as well. Having that many bodies, right, I would imagine together. so. Yeah, so it's probably not been put in intentionally by Rockstar. No, and yeah, since this happened, uh, it has allegedly been fixed. Something similar happened apparently earlier this year uh, after players used a dupe glitch to protest an uh, Red Dead Online update they disliked, and piles and piles of cougars were uh, oh, wow. appearing in towns. But I don't think it was as bad or catastrophic. Uh, back catastrophic. Then. Catastrophic. Very good, Ben. Yeah. Is is anything else weird happening in the video game world?
1: There is actually. I saw this and I saved it and I didn't even read it until this morning oh, and nice. I'm, I'm glad that I did. <clears throat> this is from Polygon. Watch in awe as a real pastor baptizes an anime girl in a video game. How? Hello? Hello? <laughs> Help. Seymour, a YouTuber known for finding humane stories in VR chat, has documented one of the most fascinating phenomenons to come out of virtual reality. Phenomenons? Not phenomenons. Yeah, thanks, Polygon. Not <laughs> not only do people go to church in a video game, there's also a pastor who performs baptisms digitally for those looking to cleanse themselves spiritually.
2: But you said he's a real pastor.
1: In well. Yeah, he is a real pastor. Real pastor. Pasta. Real pastor. Straight from Italy. Tesco value, real pastor. we promise. It's cheap, but it's real. Pasta sauce. In an unreal ten in an unreal ten minute video, S- seer Moore interviews DJ Soto, a Christian pastor who is looking to redefine what faith looks like. As Soto tells it, part of his interest in taking up a virtual house of prayer is that it opens up the experience to people who might otherwise be excluded excluded, sorry, from real world congregations. I see. such as folks in wheelchairs and recovering drug addicts Mm. soto describes one instance where he baptized a woman who couldn't leave her home and the experience was so intense that she started bawling as she never thought she'd have the opportunity to do it given her condition his service also allows him to reach people he couldn't if he preached solely through typical avenues he has been performing virtual reality baptisms for a year now not
2: not to you know sort of crap on a, a nice sentiment there yeah I'm pretty sure that like maybe small denominations can't manage it, but but like the big Christian denominations do send out like clergymen yeah. to baptize people in hospitals It is and stuff. It is doable. Yeah, I think it is doable. Anyway, yeah.
1: That was touching. Now we move on to sort of just how weird it is. Mm. It's a moving tale that is juxtaposed with the complete absurdity of VR chat. Much of the conversation takes place in the clouds, with the sunset gracefully resting in the distance. A Winnie the Pooh and a pink-haired anime girl listen closely <laughs> as Soto describes his spiritual journey.
2: <laughs> oh, God.
1: Later on... So
2: <laughs> yeah, all the branded uh, characters you Yeah, just... I just, can just imagine them, a motley crew of weird pop culture this icons. Is the
1: Smash Bros of baptisms. <laughs> later on Soto actually performs the ritual on the anime girl in what appears to be a bathhouse there is no actual water of course but all the same the person on the other side of the room uh, other side of the screen crouches into the pool
2: (laughs) so he doesn't even dunk them because obviously he can't they have to crouch into the
1: pool they have to just play along The character stays down there as Soto describes the symbolism of baptism, which is meant to help people start anew with the grace of God by their... (laughs) Sorry, I'm just reading ahead. By by the grace of God at their side, the audience... which includes a banana. Cheers. <laughs> okay. Oh god, it it just goes on. And then Sponge I, can <laughs> I can see can't I, even read it. I can
2: see on your screen. And
1: then SpongeBob SquarePants steps into the water and soaks it all up. God bless video games.
2: It soaks it all up. Soaks it all up. If they implemented that into the game, I don't know. The sponge steps into the bath, the water is soaked up.
1: I don't know. It's just that is just one of my favourite stories. That's incredible. Um, so, it's well written.
2: Well done, oh, Polygon.
1: Yeah, I'm just going to wipe the the, the, the laughter, the laughter juice off, off my eyeballs. Mm. There, I'm gonna, I'm just going to need to read a bit of that again. <laughs> a Winnie the Pooh listens intently. <laughs> it's a moving tale that is juxtaposed with the complete absurdity of VR chat. Much of the conversation takes place in the clouds, with the sunset gracefully resting in the distance. A Winnie the Pooh and a pink-haired anime girl listen closely as Soto describes his spiritual journey.
2: <laughs> one of whom is a banana.
1: <laughs> one of whom is a banana. The character stays down there as Soto describes the symbolism of baptism, which is meant to help people start anew with the grace of God by their side. The audience, which includes a banana, <laughs> cheers, and then SpongeBob SquarePants steps into the water and soaks it all up. It just sounds like a fanfic.
2: He's unable to dunk them oh. into the bath, but the the anime girl crouches. The anyway. anime girl
1: just <laughs> plays along. Oh, it's it's amazing. I haven't watched the video of it, but that that description. I'm oh. I saw someone tweet it and I thought that's weird. Yeah, I'm gonna save. I just emailed it to myself from twitter like some sort of troglodyte mm-hmm. including it you know the email is like ben potter wants to s- send you this tweet <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like your grandma printing off a meme and posting
2: it to you but what she's done um, is she's she's taken a photograph of her tv screen yes of her a, of a computer screen thought and then,
1: you might like
2: this yeah. xo
1: well there we go there, there's there was some weird news for you peter that was pretty weird um God, I d- I, d- I gave it a brief read earlier, and I thought it was funny. But reading it out loud uh, was it's, c- it's kind of a challenge,
2: actually. Let's move on to question three. Let's. What what we got, peeps? We've got a question here that's been asked multiple times. Uh, here are just a few uh, cases. What's the most disappointing game you ever played? What's been your biggest letdown in gaming? What are some games you thought didn't live up to the hype? Those are from Steve Wingfield, Reese Jones and Patricia P- Patricia Bus- Busque Busque we haven't, we haven't been corrected yet. No, we haven't. Um and loads of other people have asked similar such questions uh, yeah we couldn't we couldn't even list them all. Oh. couldn't even list them all. so thank you everyone who asked that question over yes. the past few weeks because it's a good one thank you very much Ben yeah um other than I don't know if you're going to mention some obvious ones I, I just oh, I just see what's written on your sheet there and oh have you you're not going to. so what I will obviously throw down is uh, you know the likes of No Man's Sky and, and Duke Nuke right. and stuff but yeah. I think we should maybe deviate slightly from the obvious choices
1: yeah so I'm not talking like generally like Fallout 76 biggest disappointment yeah. ever like personally for me mm. You know, as as we've spoken about before, we're very fortunate in that we don't have to buy a lot of our games anymore. We get we get sent codes to cover, um, to provide coverage on, and that's that sort of stuff. Um, So yeah, you know, Red Dead Redemption Two. I was really looking forward to it. It was amazing, but it wasn't for me. Mm. And I suppose in that sense, it was disappointing. But it would be way worse if I had a financial investment in it. Yeah. Um, These are games that I specifically remember saving up for, looking forward to, wanting, and then buying and being. Just thoroughly,
2: yeah. That's what mine are as well. So, yeah,
1: yeah. I've well, this goes back to the PS3 era because then I was like super, super getting into games properly. Like I was reading PlayStation M3 magazine, PSM3, every month, Um, and. I really wanted to get the Spider-Man 3 video game oh. because I hadn't played the Spider-Man 2 video game, but all of the coverage, because I wasn't like going online for, for any sort of coverage of games and stuff at that point. I was just reading this magazine. Yeah. Um, it was just shouting about how amazing Spider-Man 2 was oh, absolutely! and and how exciting Spider-Man 3 could be. And it was an awesome box because it, it had like a lithographic, um, sleeve that when you tilted it one way it was spider-man you tilted it the other way it was uh black suit spider-man oh yeah and that Is was so cool and like Venom on the story. store shelf it just looked like the it was like black and gold color
2: colorings With and stuff text matching the playstation text
1: matching the playstation <laughs> for some reason playstation 3 font um so it looked awesome, and I bought it, and I played it for like maybe a couple of hours, and it sucked. Uh, and that was one that I went into game and paid actual money for, and probably traded in games to get. And off the and, back of uh, such a
2: good game as well, the Spider-Man yeah, Two, I
1: was I was disappointed. Uh, uh, the other one, for similar reasons, Unreal Tournament Three was being hyped up. Like Nobody's Business mm-hmm. by PSM3 magazine at the time. Yeah. And I didn't really know what Unreal Tournament was. Obviously, it's just a, you know, it's a tournament shooter, basically. What's mm-hmm. it called? A, uh, an arena shooter? Yeah. Is that yeah, what it is? I, don't, I can't yeah. remember what the genre is, but yeah. Not for me anyway, as someone who'd never really had a PC that could play games. Yeah. Um, but they were hyping it up as it's going to be four player cooperative. It's going to have a story and a campaign. And I was like, oh my God, this sounds awesome. Like, yeah. that. So me and two of my friends. Went into game. We had to get one of my friend's dads to buy it for us because we weren't eighteen. Oh, um, we all paid full price for this game, yeah. which was I think fifty pounds was the RRP at the time, forty nine okay. ninety nine. Um, we all paid, which is a huge amount for you know a, cu- a few lads in secondary school. Yeah, um, we'd saved up money. We all bought it, and then we came back for a sleepover at my house. Oh my god! Right, and we were going to play it, and uh, and it, and it was it was awful. Yeah, like it because basically the story mode, which we were all looking forward to yeah, and the excited for
2: story mode.
1: Yeah. That had been promised by this magazine, which clearly either I or they had got the wrong end of the stick. About, yeah. Um, boiled down to literally just being here's a new arena to fight in mm-hmm. first person to five wins with like a maybe a piece of spoken dialogue between each one to loosely tie together what is essentially the, the multiplayer yeah. yeah so we just played that for like a few hours and we we're like this is not what we were expecting and i'm not saying that unreal tournament 3 is a bad game but it was not what i wanted yeah, just um and i returned it the next Did day you? went back to game and i returned it with the receipt so just saying did they ask why didn't want it you just didn't just, want it just it wasn't i'd just like my money back please right. so yeah that was uh those those are two that spring to mind that of course there are as you stated a lot of games that could be considered disappointing but those two stick with me as sort of oh yeah i saved up
2: for this that's what mine are you know because it's easy to say i mean like i played colonial marines and stuff but that you yes. know stuff like that's too obvious like in terms of very personal stories um I'm a big Tekken boy mm-hmm. for my fighting games. You know, I like, I like a bit of Soul Calibur, but, but Tekken is my my main fighting game uh, right. that I like to play. Uh, Tekken 1, 2, and 3, all good. I had those on PlayStation. Tekken 3 was great. And lots of people, it's one of their top top 10 PS1 games, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tekken Tag Tournament on PS2 is probably my favorite Tekken game of all time. Nice. Uh, and after that came Tekken 4, which okay. I thought was pretty dreadful. Oh, no. Um for all num- for all manner of reasons, really, I thought like I don't know. It felt really weird. the the um, the the actual campaign, if you can call it that, like the story mode that you played was really odd. Where like it ended in a in a big arena fight, which was kind of cool. Mm. Um, but it a lot of them, uh, you would be up against this robot called Combot. Uh, which I'm is sorry, just, uh, as in like combat, but it's oh, a robot oh. and it's a robot that can fight. And rubbish. he would be like either your final or like your penultimate fight. And it's like, who is this? What is this? And I think it was one of those there's various characters that have done it in Tekken over the years that can just adopt the fighting style of like any character. And it when you do that, immediately a character has less depth because they're less unique and recognizable. Because yeah from one match to the next, they'll be standing with a different stance. That might not be the case for Combo, but I think it was. Um, so that was a letdown. Also, my favorite character in Tekken is Paul Phoenix, who's like a badass kind of biker guy. Is that the guy with the tall hair? Really tall hair. Yeah. In Tekken 4, his, he's got long like, hair uh, around his that, around his head.
1: What what console was Tekken
2: 4 on? PS2.
1: Ah, okay. I was going to yeah. say, because it, if it was early PS3, it's sort of... Or maybe it was late PS2. I don't know. You can correct me. But that was sort of the angsty period where video games were sort of like, let's reinvent our popular character and yeah. make him let's give tattoos to Crash and all that sort of nonsense I mean
2: at the end of uh, Paul's story in that he sees himself in his um, motorbike mirror and uh, he goes huh not my style. And takes off these super oh I just hit my mic. Takes Nup off I these pfft. stupid shades he's been wearing all the way through and like looks at his hair and you know he's gonna drive off and go and invest in some some uh hair cream and, and get sure, go get the brill cream the and yeah.
1: some VO5 wax.
2: But uh it was just a just a massive letdown really for That's a game a that I was super excited about. The other one as well, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast actually, uh Halo four. Yeah um Halo One, two and three and Halo Reach are mostly about the humans Battling against the Covenant, which is a just a conglomerate of various alien races, mm-hmm. and then occasionally you get the Flood who come in, who are like a parasitic, zombie, almost Cordyceps-style right. third faction. Halo Four, they introduced like all this crazy stuff about Forerunners. It's a bit like um, what are those alien prequels called? Prometheus. <laughs> yeah, Prometheus. It's like you know you're excited about the aliens, and then like the it starts, and then it's like oh, who are all these like pre-human? strange idiots, idiots. and uh, all the architecture and stuff was super weird and yeah. it just didn't feel like Halo to me and I know they were trying to reinvent it and sort of go right we've done like four games now where it's just humans versus Covenant but I just wanted more of that that's all yeah. I wanted and there was some Covenant to fight but it's just that's not what it was it just didn't feel the same hmm. you know that's a shame yeah and uh, that kind of put me off forever really Halo 4 and 5 I thought both had really good sound design the guns sounded yeah. really cool particularly Halo 5 as well like was really good but mm-hmm. Just because a gun sounds good, you know, doesn't doesn't save a game. So. Oh, it's about the only Rage Two. Yeah, exactly. Um, should have called all the characters with rest their names, I guess. Yeah, well, that would have made yeah, things you know. much better, wouldn't it? Anyway, those are those, uh, are those your some...
1: disappointing games. Yeah, I
2: cried. I didn't cry. Oh, Peter, I'm I, sorry. I, to I didn't hear know that. such a thing. Well, time. for a big old oh, discussion.
1: It's uh. A... Oh, there go my papers. Mm. It's time. It's discussion time. It's enormous. Big discussion time, peeps. Yeah. This time, it's not actually. I think this time, for the first time, it's not triggered by a question from the patrons. This the is just time. It's just a thing that's happened this week.
2: Oh, I thought we've done that before. That we have brought something in off our own backs, but maybe not. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm just on my chair—it's not on wheels. It's hard to do. It is the play date.
1: Handheld is a new handheld console that was announced this week Peter sort seemingly out of nowhere. Yeah. Um I'm going to read a thing now from Variety that sort of describes it. There's a couple of weird It's written weird, this, basically. And I didn't want to rewrite it because it's directly from Variety. Okay. Uh, But here we go. Portland-based Panic has a shiny new games console called Playdate and a slew of new games to go with it, the developer announced Wednesday via Twitter. Playdate is a bright yellow handheld console with a black and white screen and a crank, which is not for power. This little crank has functionality in some games for the new console. The crank is a gameplay element for the first confirmed game for the new console. Again, repeating new console there. Called... Crankin's Time Travel Adventure, which is from Keita Takahashi, creator behind the imaginative Katamari Damacy. In this game, the little crank will be used to control time itself, moving time backwards and forwards as necessary. Other games won't use the crank according to Panic. The console will have 11 more new games, but they won't be revealed ahead of time. Each week after the console's 2020 release, a new game will be available in what Panic is calling a full season of games. The games will be delivered over the air, once a week for 12 weeks, and there'll be a surprise. When the new game light flashes, you'll never know what you're about to play, according to the official website for the console. Panic recruited some of the world's best game designers, some well-known, others under the radar, to make games exclusively for our system. Mm. So this has just come out of nowhere. It's a really cool little design. It looks like it looks a bit like a Game Boy.
2: It does, yeah, a little bit. Uh, the,
1: the, the design elements are really interesting as well. It's got the crank,
2: which is just used as basically another controller.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, it's got a D-pad and then two buttons, like a Game Boy. A and B, yeah. yeah
1: black and white screen i love i i really love the idea of a season of games
2: mm-hmm.
1: where you don't buy games for it it just it's got wi-fi we'll, we'll list all the all the stuff about yeah. it in a second but it's got wi-fi in it and suddenly it just lights up and says suddenly a motorbike
2: yeah <laughs> and,
1: and then suddenly a light comes on and and it's like oh there's a new game to play and you have no idea what it is mm-hmm. or who it's from yeah. or how
2: it'll work it's like getting a text but better because it's a whole game to play yeah you're just walking around and then oh it's flashing my console's flashing <laughs> my new console yeah. um,
1: obviously other places have tried to do this not this exactly and this is why i think this stands a better chance like mm. the ouya where they're like, oh, yeah. we're changing the face of everything. And then it was just a bunch of crap games, like, mm-hmm. uh, like you know, phone games and no real first party, well, no first party games whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, just all relying on third parties. Here, it looks like, you know, it just, it just, it's so different. It's such a different approach.
2: I have one issue going uh, from, from the get go with this, uh, which is that I think it looks really uncomfortable to hold. That's a good point. I think it looks like it's going to be. I mean, you can't hold it symmetrically like that because there's a crank on one side, so you you wouldn't you wouldn't hold it like. I don't know. I, I've just. It's very flat and quite broad. Mm-hmm. It's like almost square, really. Yeah. Um, it's got sort of corners rather than rounded edges. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got on the face of the square the the corners of the square are rounded, but in terms of the um the thickness, it's like a it's like a book. Right, if you see what I mean, you know, mm-hmm. like the edges are sharp, or like
1: a custard cream, Ye-
2: uh, custard cream, just kind of like a just well. like a custard cream, but a yeah. bourbon biscuit. Yeah, I'm trying to think what it's like, but you know, it's got sharp edges, is what I mean. Right, the thin bit has has sharp edges, uh-huh. the thin dimension. um So I don't think it'll be that comfortable to hold, especially with mm-hmm. the crank sticking out. Um, I've seen there's a, there's a photo of uh, a lady using one, and she's holding it in one hand yeah. um, between, like, in a pincer grip, and then she's just got her other hand out on the crank. Right. So you have to just hold the entire console in one hand if you want to use the crank, which, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, mm, but, you know, that's, that's only one, you know, hopefully, hopefully they've tested it in that respect, and it's fine to play. Right. Because other than that, I think it's quite an intriguing idea. Yeah, I, I'm particularly fond, as I said, of the the sort of
1: season pass of games and just their approach to, to to designing it in general, where it's not like we have to compete. Let's give it a a, a 4K yeah. color screen, you know, all that kind of nonsense. It's got 3G built in, but you have to have a you have to have a data plan with some yeah. com- <laughs> you know service provider. I think they've, I think they like they are doing the sensible thing. Um, here. I mean, launching a console when you're not one of the big three is is bold anyway. It is. But this is getting a huge amount of attention. Um, So just to run over a couple of things here. Mm. Panic is the publisher behind Untitled Goose Game developed by House House and Firewatch developed by Campo Santo and Playdate will be its first hardware. By the way, in Firewatch, which a lot of people may have played, mm-hmm. um there is a handheld console you can find in the in the world that is right. remarkably similar looking to this, okay. which is a nice nod. Given that they must have known they were, they've been working on it for a long time. Yeah, it's amazing. It's been a secret this whole time as well. I suppose nobody's looking to. Hmm, who's going to be? Who should
2: we? Should we? Who should we be paying?
1: Yeah, attention to panic. Yes, because they're
2: going to be releasing a handheld. Yeah, the
1: the people. God, I'm dying, Peter. Dying. The people who published Untitled Goose Game. They're the ones. They're the. There's. They're the future.
2: They are um it's interesting what you say about you know they're not going in for oh yeah let's make it 4k and let's try and compete with the switch so that you can play it anywhere but also play it at home mm-hmm. because uh one key thing that they've decided not to include um is touch screen yeah um so it really is a bit like a game boy it says uh that it's a deb- deliberate choice um to this is a quote break people out of their touch psychosis um interesting interesting it's interesting an interesting choice yeah Yeah. i mean i don't i don't think i've ever had a touchscreen handheld because i stopped playing handhelds several like a a generation or so ago so right uh, i have i've
1: had the vita obviously the vita and the 3ds and the ds and so handhelds have been touch capacitive for a while Mm, now yeah or uh, same with phones obviously a lot of people play
2: on their phones yeah i've played my phone games before but yeah i think
1: there's something to be said though for going back to a handheld that can be played without having to touch the screen Mm -hmm. um and it's going to be unique in that it's not going to have Assassin's Creed on it. It's right. not going to have Call of Duty on it. Mm. Uh, you know, none of that stuff. It's going to be a collection of 12 basically experimental video games. Yeah. And, and the price it apparently is, is going to be $149. So mm-hmm. it's not bank breaking either. No. And if you think about what you're getting, I, I don't know how it will work going forwards I suppose that's a larger question it sounds like you're guaranteed to get 12 games
2: yeah they might then charge for subsequent seasons potentially but yeah. uh, I don't know who's to say but, um, but that's the thing yeah, yeah. like how, how would they do I don't know if they have a shop interface or something mm. like that maybe yeah but uh, yeah that's, that's very interesting and uh, I am intrigued at the prospect
1: it also has Wi-Fi and Bluetooth a USB-C port and headphone jack mm. and in terms of CPU and RAM Panic is leaving it at beefy for now and has stated it will reveal more specs on launch uh pre-orders for play date will begin later this year and apparently it'll be with us sort of 2020 ish but 149 dollars for an experimental new console that's doing interesting stuff you get 12 games guaranteed each of them from a variety of established names and some Mm non-names sounds interesting i mean i haven't played untitled untitled goose game and obviously they didn't develop it and they didn't develop firewatch Firewatch. either but both games are quirky and interesting and different
2: nice art styles as well both of them exactly um i think what they've actually tapped into quite well here i've just sort of realized how this might go down which is that if suddenly your your console starts flashing and it's like time for a new game Mm. They're going to be trending on Twitter every single time that that happens yeah. because everyone is going to be able to play that game at the same time. uh You know, twelve uh, once a week for twelve weeks. They're going to be like up there on Twitter trends. Yeah. um So that's a pretty good dominating move. the
1: news cycle. Yeah. Depending on the game, it's it'll be very. God, it, it will almost because it's once a week as well. It's not like. Things that have come before it in video games, like mm-hmm. Telltale games, where you get a new episode, God knows when. Yeah. Um, this or even a season pass, where you get a new p- piece of DLC every month or something, mm-hmm. because that's proven to be sometimes too long for people to pay attention. You know, by the yeah. time the last Spider-Man DLC came out, people had stopped talking about Spider-Man. Yeah, it's too late. Same with. Bless it, Fallout 76. No one gives a crap about the updates that are going on. Mm-hmm. Even Fallout 4's DLC and stuff, people paid less and less attention as it went on. And I imagine a lot of people who bought that season pass probably had moved on to other things when they were still releasing stuff. This is going to play out something like a TV show where every yeah. week Game of Thrones dominates Twitter. Mm. Because every week, as you say, there's going to be a brand new game. Like, And I'm not, not undermining the amount of effort that goes into you know, putting together a, a TV show, because obviously it's, it's a huge, especially Game of Thrones, it's unbelievable yeah, it's amount of production. Movies. Yeah, exactly. But a game, a new game every every time, mm. it's going to be like that, what's that Netflix series? Bad Is it Bad Robot? The one where it's got like eighteen episodes in each one. They're all animated, and each one is like completely oh, yeah. different. Yeah, is it
2: called Bad? No, it's not Bad Robots. The one that's a bit like Inside Number Nine. Yes. Yeah.
1: I can't remember what Death, Love, and Robots. Yes, I think that's it. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a bit like that, where every week not only are you getting a new game but it's not even going to be like Uncharted 1, Uncharted 2, Uncharted 3. No, it's yeah. going to be completely different, mm. completely different, and use potentially the crank or not the crank in interesting yeah. and uh, different ways.
2: Yeah, it, no, it's, it is intriguing, and I, yeah, I just like the idea of everyone worldwide getting a little flash on their console at the same yeah. time. And I mean, you do have to wonder, could that cause some issues with, like, suddenly everyone wants to start downloading this game right. immediately all at once? Yeah, it would Uh, kind
1: of ruin the sort of Willy Wonka magic almost, yeah. won't it? it's like, it can't... sorry guys, I'll Like, <laughs> yeah.
2: what? But my fun,
1: my, my quirky fun device is, d- is still beholden to servers. Maybe it? they'll uh,
2: be able to sort of preload in the, the week beforehand. You know? Yeah. Like, you might not even know that it's happening, but it might or... just be sort of downloading. Yeah, um... m-
1: you might have to perhaps enable an option for Yeah, that, but yeah, because yeah, otherwise service agreements and stuff, people who, who have caps and they've yeah, downloaded well, the game know, secretly. games are downloading.
2: But yeah, yeah you know, if, if you sort of allow no, it absolutely. To down- download what it needs when it needs then maybe it'll be almost ready to go it just needs kind of activating on day of day of release of each game so. I'm very interested in that um, yeah. I
1: don't know if I will get one I'm sure we'll find out more as time goes by um, who knows by the time it comes out maybe we can reach out to Panic and see if we can get one and uh, yeah maybe show it show it off to you guys because mm-hmm. I know that, that you know it exists clearly people are have been developing with it for a while and mm-hmm. I would imagine it'll show up at various events and stuff yeah. so we will see, but yeah. interesting nonetheless. Make sure you let us know in the comments below uh, what you think of this uh, of this play date handheld. Sounds like a kind of ridiculous name when you until you actually realise that actually play date is quite literally what it is. Yeah,
2: because each week there'll be a play
1: date for everyone. Yeah, yeah. And Game Boy is a stupid name anyway, but yeah, we're all fine with it. Yeah, uh, Peter. Yes. If uh, if people do want to reach out to us in other ways, how can they do that?
2: Uh, you can find us. Almost everywhere possible at oh. Team Triple Jump. Yes. Uh, that's our YouTube channel, our Twitch channel, uh, which is twi- twitch.tv, oh, Team Triple Jump. Uh-huh. Twitter and Facebook, we're Team Triple Jump. Um, you can also find us on Patreon at mm. Team Triple Jump, which uh, will allow you to not only support us financially and uh, help the things that you enjoy yes. keep going, uh, but you'll get stuff back in return for helping us. You will. Um, various tiered rewards, like seeing Worst Games Ever early, being able to ask questions on the podcast, uh, all, all kinds of interesting things. Um, and likewise, if you go to our website, which is triplej.mup, that's j dot mp you can put a little forward slash shop on the end of that mm-hmm. and buy our merch, like the shirt that I'm wearing in the video and the mug that I'm drinking out of in the video. He
1: is. And there's a new merch coming very soon. Yes, there is. Very,
2: very soon. You're absolutely right. The the one other place that we are is uh, uh, Discord, um, which is just bit.ly forward slash team triple jump. Yep. Um, and this podcast is available at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump. Although if you're already listening, there's you've managed to work it out yeah Uh, and
1: also there's loads of links in the description if you want to find it somewhere else like itunes or spotify or google play or stitcher or or whatever if there's a place we're missing and you would rather we be on there let us know and we'll do our best to make that happen instagram peter yes, at that peter Austin at ben potter 20 if you'd like to see some photos sometime um and at that Peter Austin and that confused underscore dude on Twitter if you'd like to follow us there too. Yeah. Um, lists, Peter. Mm. We do them every Tuesday and Thursday. Streams are every Monday, Tuesday and Thursday, Monday and Tuesday on Twitch, Thursdays on YouTube. We yes. need a new game to play together next week. Well, we do. Um, I think, in, shall we, are we leaning towards Until Dawn maybe? Yeah,
2: maybe. That could be a fun one. Yeah. Let us know what you think of that. Or that, um, that other one, that murder one.
1: Yes, that too, the yeah. murder
2: one. The murder one.
1: Worst games. That's fortnightly. We play a terrible video game sent in by you. We've just done one last week. Mm. It was Rambo the video game. It's very good, by the way. He yeah, said, "Thank, you, very thank much. you for for working so hard on that." Oh, you're very welcome. And uh, those usually release on Sundays, but if you're a patron, you get it two days early. Nice. You can get it on Friday. Uh, finally, the podcast is every Saturday, and please do leave an iTunes review or a review on your platform of choice. It helps. It really does. Thank you very much. And I think that's all. That's everything. That's everything. God, blimey, what a week, eh? Mm. Can't wait to record another one in three days' time.
2: Yeah, that's what happens when you leave it late yeah. and suddenly it comes Second out again. And there's no weird news because we've done it all. Oh. Nothing weird's happened in three days. I wonder if anyone else has been digitally baptised yeah. while SpongeBob watches
1: on <laughs> intently. The banana they can't Cheers. now because he's absorbed all the holy water he and has. run off with it. What a bastard.
2: Oh, God.
1: Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, we've just got time for a quick word from our sponsors this week.
2: We absolutely have um it's it's brought to you by oh man smell that i oh i do oh delicious what it what is it it's a sweet roll yeah. uh this is brought to you by lydia's sweet rolls oh thanks lydia o, old mama lydia's sweet rolls old mama lydia and her sweet rolls thank you lydia for cooking some delicious sweet rolls they're available at all good uh merchant merchant stores yeah stores. yeah uh, if you invest in those merchant stores they have more money gold to barter with um, right uh, L- Lydia's, Lydia's sweet rolls. Sweet. buy them now yeah. let me guess someone stole your sweet roll thank you thank you Lydia thank you
1: Lydia wow what a generous sponsor uh, please do support the sponsors of this show mm. Peter thank you very much see you next week everybody
2: but, 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 bye 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 bye